Good morning and welcome to Mystic Heart. I'm Chris Johnson. I'm your prayer practitioner in service today. Please join me in our opening prayer. As we know and affirm together that we are in a place that spirit dwells. And we are each a place where spirit dwells. I know that God is here because God walked in with each one of us this morning. That spirit that lives at the very heart of our being, that lives and moves and animates us, that breathes us, that beats our heart. That one life is the life of spirit, the life of God, and it is the life that we all share. So grounded in that life and that oneness, I simply open my heart, my mind, my spirit, my soul to the influx of the divine wisdom, the divine joy, the divine love that is available to each of us as adult children of God. So in that openness, we receive the words of the meditations and the words of the inspired speaking knowing that they enter into our heart, into our mind, into our bodies and change us forever, bringing more of our divine true self to the forefront. So surrendering to that process and giving great thanks for it, I release my word knowing that it is established in divine mind, it is established by spiritual law, and I simply let it be so. And together we say, and so it is. Amen. Thank you, Chris, for setting such a beautiful space for us this morning. Good morning. Welcome. If you're new with us here this morning, either in the house or online, my name is Reverend Diana Johnson. I'm the uh, minister, the pastor and spiritual director of Mystic Heart Spiritual Center. We are an interfaith community that teaches universal principles and practical spirituality. I want to welcome, welcome you home to our community and even more than that, um, welcome home to your own mystic heart because that is where all of your answers will be found. So we begin our meditative journey this morning by joining our voices. This is the last Sunday of February. As we get ready to join voices this morning, if you have a, a birthday this month any time, would you lift your hand up? Oh, there's a couple of us in the house. Well, we honor you. Happy birthday. We're not during the meditation. We probably won't sing happy birthday. But that'll come at lunchtime if you're still here. We have a birthday cake today. So happy birthday. Yours is today, right? It is. Awesome. And welcome. It's your first time here. Thank you. Nice to meet you, Amanda. Okay, so let's join those voices. Lay aside whatever came before. 
behold, I make all things new. energy in the house and we join our voices together. Ah, and so now I invite you to settle into your chair and we move more deeply into the meditative portion of our journey this morning. Perhaps with eyes closed if you're comfortable doing so or with gaze turned down just to block out any distraction. Bringing your awareness to your breath. Breathing in slowly. Noticing the space between the in-breath and the out-breath. And letting it go. Just gently, easily. Noticing that the breath moves in and out without your efforting. Is there anything that would be better left at the door this morning before we continue our journey? If so, just mentally place it right outside. Allow it to move into the background for this time together. Is there any intention that you wish to bring into our time together today? If so, just mentally feel and state that intention for yourself. Take another slow, deep breath in, feeling peace flood your body. And then let it go, relaxing into gratitude. gratitude that you have this beautiful day to live, grateful for the privilege of being alive, no matter what experiences you have had, life 
is a gift. Noticing the breath. The gift of the breath. The life-giving breath. And following it into the body consciously. And back out again with awareness. Creating reverence, deep love and respect and gratitude for the source of life itself. We know that there is only one source, one life, and we take a moment to sense our oneness with all of it. Envisioning a web of consciousness surrounding and infusing the earth. Seeing and feeling ourselves to be a point of radiant light in that web. Knowing every human as a spark of divinity. Seeing how those sparks, how those lights are all connected into one light. And then envisioning every creature, every plant, every rock and grain of sand shining with spirit's light. The soil, the water, every single raindrop. The clouds and the wind, the heavenly bodies, all aglow with God energy. And I sense and know that my light is enmeshed with yours, that our lives are entwined with all that is. Sensing our oneness, we acknowledge our role as caretakers in service to one another and to all life forms and to this beautiful planet that sustains us all. Grounded in our oneness, we center our hearts in this month's theme, pilgrimage, and give our attention this morning to taking one step at a time. Pilgrimage is a journey of transformation either internally or externally. As we continue in our journey of transformation, there is no path for us to follow. We are in the liminal space between what has been and what is yet to be. We are making the path by walking one step at a time. We're learning what it is to be human, one step at a time. We start out as infants, completely dependent on our caregivers. 
we learn to imitate human language and movement. We learn what it takes to get our needs met, which behaviors are acceptable or preferred, what is good and what is bad. Somewhere along the line, we cross a threshold, moving into middle childhood, and then another into adolescence. With much of our psychological and emotional groundwork in place, family and societal values, self-worth and trust, or a lack thereof, established to some degree as we move into early adulthood. This feels like a more profound threshold, another liminal space, into a time of greater complexity, uncertainty, and choice. We learn to be comfortable in our adult skin, or we don't. We learn that there are real-life consequences to our actions. We seek friendships, careers, and partnerships. Many of us get caught up in the world of effects, all as a way of trying to make sense of life, to find meaning or purpose. another threshold, stepping into midlife. We begin to seek a greater understanding of our emotional body. The divine impulse drives us to question, why am I unhappy? Or what is it that makes me happy? What's missing? What could be better? Who am I? How did I get here? And if we have the courage to grapple with these questions, we eventually get answers. At least one more major threshold remains before our exit from this life, stepping into elderhood if we've lived into the questions and lived up to life's challenges leading into this stage, we are able to slow down a bit. We begin to notice the natural beauty around us like never before. We begin to sense that we have crossed the midpoint, that we still have gifts to share, we feel a greater sense of caring for the world and its beings. We want our lives to matter, to make a positive impact. We move into spiritual maturity when we become willing to question all that we have been told, all that we thought we knew. We do not have to wait 
until the final stages of our lives to begin this process of questioning. The Rabbi Yeshua in the Sermon on the Mount was inviting his listeners to grow up spiritually. He was encouraging them to question things that had previously been accepted as truth. The sermon presents a series of sayings that begin, you have heard, and end with, but I say to you, in which the conventional wisdom and prior religious teachings are replaced by principles that come from a different perspective and set of assumptions about how reality is constructed and what life is all about. They require much finer moral discernment. You have heard that it was said, love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I tell you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you that you may be children of your Father in heaven. Challenging words. Love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you, that you may be children of your Father in heaven. In every stage of life, we step into the unknown. We have never been here before. Each of us learning what it means to be human. But the further along life's path we move, the more we let go of what we thought we knew, the more we come to see and admit how little we actually know the greater the mystery becomes. It is in this liminal space of not knowing that the greatest transformation is possible. We are presented with the idea that to be human is to be divine. To be human is to bring the sacred to life on earth. To be human is to see the spark of divinity in everything. To be human is to be the hands, feet, voice, and heart of love in the world. I offer this reminder in meditation this morning because I need to hear it. And I pray that it encourages you as well. We do not have to wait until the final stages of our lives to grow up spiritually, to ask big questions, to listen for answers, to be generous with our time and our love. We have all that we need within us, the spark of life, the divine urge or the evolutionary impulse, God, has been there every step of the way and is still at work in our lives. We are making the path by walking, one step at a time.
with Spirit's loving and lawful guidance, we are learning what it is to be human, one step at a time. Reverend Diana reminds us that as we grow, we experience a constant expansion of awareness as well. As our physical growth slows and ceases, the evolution of our consciousness begins to accelerate. Our spiritual development has been described as an upward spiral, a continuous expansion upward and outward. Our awareness includes more and more of the things of this world and more of spiritual truth. Imagine hiking upwards from the bottom of a funnel-shaped crater. There is only one path. It is steep so the path climbs slowly around the inside edge and takes us ever upward in larger and larger circles. When at last we come to the top of the crater, we see much more. We find many paths and interesting areas with no path as yet. We are at a threshold, a choice point. We choose to follow a path or make one of our own. We have heard of divine guidance, but how does it work? Will the right path have an aura glowing around it? Will a voice whisper advice to us? Will our gut feeling pull us in the right direction? Maybe, but usually we just go and make course corrections along the way. If we're paying attention, divine law lets us know if we're on the wrong track. We're forcing, not allowing. We're not in the natural flow. Sharing this silent communion together, let us consider. Where in my life do I meet frustration? Am I pushing against the natural flow of things? What is it that wants to happen? How do I let go of my way and allow it to unfold as it will?
the Tao Te Ching reminds us that the river charts its course by adjusting to everything in its way. It doesn't pound against a boulder, it simply goes around it and eventually finds its way to the sea. Might we also flow like the river, stop trying to change what is? Spirit is what is. God is in every detail of our lives. Difficulties are merely invitations to change course. We are grateful for the abundance of spiritual wisdom we have inherited from the sages who have gone before us and for our beloved community joining us on the path. Our spiritual evolution causes our journey to evolve as well. As we are different, so must our path change. With greater awareness and spiritual sensitivity, we make the changes with greater and greater ease. Grateful for Reverend Diana's continued inspiration, we allow ourselves to be empowered to chart and adjust our course of our pilgrimage, one step at a time. In a true pilgrimage, we soon discover that the journey has its own rhythm and momentum. We realize if our hearts are listening, that there are secret destinations that reveal themselves as our path unfolds. It is natural that we should want to know the way before we begin, to know for sure what we are being called to do or to be. We want to guarantee that the way we are headed is the right way. The choice we are making will take us where we want to go. What we are truly being called to is faith. Trust in the goodness of God and the infinite possibility that Spirit has to offer. Certainty would eliminate the need to practice our faith. And as the Rabbi Yeshua reminded us, it is your faith that makes you whole, that frees you from limitation of every kind. Spirit, God, is infinite. It is we who limit ourselves. Spirit does not call us to one particular path that we are left to discover. It is we who develop such expectations. It is the culture and society we live in and our past experiences that shape those expectations. What if God is simply calling each of us to a fullness of living that can be manifested in any number of ways? What if Spirit's intention for our lives if there is such a thing, is that we listen closely for what is life-giving, life-affirming, for what speaks to our heart and nourishes our soul, and then do that. Author Christine Walters Paintner suggests that following the way made by walking 
means listening for what is life-giving. But on the inner pilgrimage also involves descending into the depth of our being. This means we must examine where wounds and shame dwell. We're called to retrieve those lost parts and welcome them back into the wholeness of our being. This is why many of us never get very far. The inner voices that criticize and cajole become too loud. We return to what is comfortable, to what numbs us, and prevents us from claiming a life that is more congruent with our heart's desires. As we make our path by walking, one step at a time, we are responsible for the choices we make. These choices shape the direction of our lives unfolding. At the same time, in a true journey of transformation, we are also invited, encouraged, or even required to let go of our desire to control the outcome, to allow the unfolding to occur in divine order and timing. We are asked to yield to a greater presence at work in our lives, to release our own agendas, surrender our egos and our willfulness, to allow a larger wisdom to move through that we might be divinely guided to the most holy and fulfilling direction for our life. Reveal thy will, Mother, Father, God. Father God, I will stand still until you reveal your will, reveal thy will, Mother, Father God. God Father God, reveal thy 
Father God And I will stand still Until you Reveal thy will You live as me And I live as you So I surrender My life to you Reveal thy will Mother, Father, God Reveal that will Mother, Father, God And I will stand still Until you Reveal your Right here and right now, I know the one source of all of life is busy expressing itself as all of its creation. And so I can trust absolutely that each one of us is a perfect and intentional expression of the divine. Each one of us with everything we need, already granted at birth. All of the love all of the peace, all of the joy, the freedom, the beauty, all of the qualities of spirit forever available, just awaiting our discovery. And so I know for each one of us that as we move into this week, we bring our awareness in every moment what it means to be human for us in this body in this lifetime what is it that's calling us to fullness of living what is it that feeds our hearts and nourishes our souls and we do that because the world needs more people doing that I know for each one too that we use the gifts we are given to serve, to serve in the world, to serve one another, our children, our families, our friends, our communities, trusting that it is our love and our service that helps ease the way. And so I release this prayer this morning in deep gratitude for each one here, knowing that each one is fed in exactly the right way and that something sticks during the week that helps us in our, our seeking, our expansion, our growth, our development. And I release this prayer knowing that it's done its work, that it's created that safe and open space within each one of us to do that work. So I let it be, I call it done, and so it is. Thank you.
So coming back into our space as we're ready. No need to rush. We gently open our eyes and our hearts and our minds and we take a look around us at who is here celebrating with us this morning. This is your spiritual family. This is one of your support teams. These are some of the people that care about you, who are there for you when you need anything. It's important to have a team on your side. At least it is to me. So as we close our Teze meditation this morning, we offer an opportunity for you to share of your financial good in support of the work that we're doing in the greater community, as well as the work that we're doing right here, if you should choose to do that. And if you're joining us online, you can find a donate button and an address, mailing address, at mysticheart.org. And however you share of yourselves with this community, however you interact with and become part of this community, we thank you in advance for your gifts. So we're going to feature another very short video today, but this is a music video. It made me cry, so I'll probably cry again. Enjoy. <laughs> Spoiler alert. It's called Chosen Family.
times to try to make sure I don't fall apart here, but I still fall apart here. Doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Uh, and so we say thank you for these many gifts today, knowing that they are given from your hearts directly into ours, and that there is truly only one source, but we thank you for being the hands through which these gifts come. And so it is. So let's go ahead and give us a few minutes to have a break if you're staying for the second half. May your soul always find what it's looking for. May your heart always lead the way. May you live in peace and harmony. And may love always fill your day. May your path be strong. Success find you everywhere. May you always embrace compassion and grace, and may God always answer your prayer. May you always embrace compassion and grace, and may God always answer your prayer. Thank you for joining us. Have a wonderful Sunday. Good morning, Mystic Heart. Good to see you out on this cold and wet morning. There's no place better you could be than right here. 
I'm Chris Johnson. I'm your prayer practitioner in service today, uh, and I would like to invite you to join me in prayer. As we know together that this day is the day Spirit has made just for us, a gift from the heavens for us to share in, for us to hmm, be the divine beings that we are, one with nature, one with each other, one with the entire cosmos. We are each individualized, diverse expressions of the one spirit that lives, moves, and has its being in all of its creation. And so I celebrate that right here and right now, because that means the spirit is fully present, fully available to each one of us as we just open ourselves to it allow the divine influx to rain down on us and radiate out from us. It is who and what we are. It's what we came here to be. We came here to be expressions of God, expressions of love, expressions of spirit, expressions of joy, service, peace, and compassion. And so I lean into that this morning knowing that that is the journey that we're on. That is the pilgrimage that we are taking. And so I just remain open to receive and embody the inspiring words of Diana's message and the inspiration that comes through each one of us during this conscious conversation. So with a grateful heart, simply say thank you to each one here for sharing this morning with me. Thank you to Spirit for the divine wisdom and inspiration. And I release my word unto law, unto the divine, knowing that it is already so. And we anchor that into being by saying together, and so it is. Amen. Good morning. Good to see you all out in this rain, this beautiful life-giving rain. Welcome, welcome, welcome. If you're new with us today, either in the house or online, my name is Reverend Diana Johnson, and I'm the pastor and spiritual director of Mystic Heart Spiritual Community. We are an interfaith community, and we teach universal principles and practical spirituality in every kind of flavor you can imagine. So I want to welcome you home to our community, and I'd like to welcome you home to your own Mystic Heart where your own wisdom really lives. So you're just here to be pointed in with. Got to warn you ahead of time. <laughs> so if you'd like to stand, dance, move, whatever, as we join in song, this is a little livelier kind of service. The bells and the low prayer are done officially, so feel free to move. <laughs> Sing your part, make this affirmation. Spirit be us, family, we will bring hearts to share. Together we are joyfully, and we sing our hearts to share. And everything's possible to the mystic heart. 
and the last one for us joining our voices together has some different words than you might have heard before, so pay attention to that screen if you want to sing along. I thank God for conscious conversation by envisioning a love-soaked world. Yes. So feeling the energy moving through your body, mm. feeling the presence of whatever you call it, whatever name you give it. Just call it life. Love energy filling you up. Your sacred practice of visioning a love-soaked world where all humans are embodying and living from peace and joy and abundance, generosity, justice, freedom. These are the living principles that guide our lives where all human beings practice loving kindness and compassion, honoring and caring for one another and for our beautiful planet as the sacred home that she is. We're creating a world where all needs are met, where all beings have plenty of nourishing food and the safety and comfort of a warm home, a place to call home, where mental and physical health, education and healthy relationships are ensured by social systems grounded in wellness and wholeness. 
where right livelihood, creative contribution, and a sense of belonging are known as gifts of the spirit and are experienced by all beings. A world in which all beings are valued and respected for their inherent goodness and light, where the peace we cultivate within us shows up in our world as a world free of hatred or violence. We're creating a world that knows no greed, where there's absolute abundance in having enough, where every being deserves and receives all that is needed for a rich and full and contented life. In this new world of our creation, every person is a caring and conscious vessel through which generosity flows freely. By the power of our collective intention, we write a new story we create the more beautiful world that our hearts know is possible. We will not lower our vision, no matter the appearance, knowing with our whole hearts that such a world is not only possible, but inevitable. We stand firmly in, for, and as peace. We stand in, for, and as love. In, for, and as unity. We open our hearts, our doors, and our arms in radical welcome, erasing all lines of apparent separation. We create a bigger table to which all are invited and at which all have an equal voice. Amen. Amen. Our powerful vision is moving into form and experience right here and right now. We feel it, we know it, and we give thanks. We let it be, and together we say, and so it is. Amen. Ah, shift in that energy in this room. Thank you for joining me every week in that powerful practice. It's so good to know that we are making a difference. It might sound like Getting together and speaking and feeling a vision isn't doing much, but it is. It really is. It's shifting the energy in just, just the small enough amount that it ripples out, just the big enough amount that it ripples out to touch everything, because there is no line of separation anywhere. So, let's take a slow deep breath in just to ground ourselves to feel all of that energy to ground ourselves in that energy and let it go look around you notice who's here today celebrating with you some of the faces have changed since the Taze this morning say good morning hello so if anybody in this room has a birthday this month of February you want to raise your hand? Oh, just the two of us again. All right. Well, the last day of every month, we're during our fellowship after service, well, we do a cake and a celebration for the whole month of birthdays. So know that that's coming every month. And happy birthday and welcome again to you this morning. Thank you. We'll sing next door. How's that?
So let me set a little context <coughs> here for our conversation, and then we'll get it flying. Hmm, let's see. Where do I want to begin today? Our theme this morning is pilgrimage. We're continuing with that theme for February, and I'm actually going to tag it into some different areas uh, leading up to Easter all through next month in different ways, giving it different flavors. But a pilgrimage is a journey of transformation. We've been talking about that. Whether it's an internal or an external uh, journey, uh, it can be either. But no matter which way you're going, inward or outward, at the other end of the journey, you are changed. It's, it's transformation. So we know that as we move through our lives, we experience more ease and a greater sense of peace when we leave certain things behind. We've been talking about that in different forms all month. When we leave our judgments behind and our expectations behind, our need for certainty and control, we can leave that behind. We're usually happier. Having other things on board will assist us in making a graceful trip. Things like faith and trust, open-mindedness, open-heartedness, curiosity, excitement, generosity, humility, humility. <laughs> I won't repeat it a third time. During the Teze this morning, we were talking about taking one step at a time as part of the journey of transformation. So we're at the beginning of a sacred season right now. And the sacred season invites us to take one step at a time as part of its practice. Does anybody know what holiday last Wednesday was? Oh, Ash Wednesday. Ash Wednesday. What is Ash Wednesday? Okay, the beginning of the season of Lent. Anything else? What tradition does it come from? Christianity. Okay, Christian tradition. Different denominations celebrated different timings and different ways and all of that, but it's a Christian tradition. What else? It's a process of letting go. Okay, process of habits and behaviors. All right, process of letting go of old habits and behaviors. Anything else you know about Lent? Yes, you can't eat meat on Friday. Can't eat meat on Friday. <laughs> 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 Got to support the fishermen. There we go. So, Ash Wednesday is considered a holy day of prayer and fasting from the Christian tradition. It has its origins in the Old Testament. Um, the verse from the Old Testament, Remember, man, that you are dust, and to dust you shall return, from Genesis. That's traditionally uh, employed in the celebration of Ash Wednesday. So it marks the first day of Lent, as was already spoken. And what is Lent? Preparing for Easter. Okay, preparing for Easter. How long is it? 40 days. Okay. Plus Sundays. Plus Sundays. Six weeks basically yeah okay 
So some words might come up here that start to get uncomfortable. Spoiler alert, okay? <laughs> Six weeks of penitence before Easter was found in one definition. <laughs> so Christians confess their sins and uh, profess their devotion to God. And the ashes they put symbolize both death and repentance. Repentance. Sometimes our past experiences with religion lead us to throwing the baby out with the bathwater. What do I mean by that? Why would I bring that up right now? Any clue? What's she talking about? Babies and bathwater. Oh, triggers. Okay. So sometimes words like repentance, for example, might trigger us because of some past experience that we've had. So sadly, it's our misunderstanding of language and of stories, perhaps, or it's the interpretations that we were handed that we took as truth because of the um, authority, supposed authority of those handing them to us. Those things lead us to eventually disregarding what they have to offer. So they may still have something to offer. And yet it's really easy to say, I don't believe that that way anymore. Out with the backwater. I'm going to do something else. Which is also fine. However, when we're fe um, feeling triggered by anything, but here a particular word, um, rather than facing the discomfort of that, looking for new meaning and transformation, we can just decide to turn away from it and ignore it. We lose out on the opportunity for growth and a greater sense of joy that traditions around the world from, from all religious traditions, they all have something to offer us if we're willing to stop, breathe, open up, give it a chance. Then we can make an informed decision as to whether it's something that we want to pursue or not. <clears throat> so in the United States, we were born into a culture steeped in Christianity. We cannot avoid it. It's in our roots. It's in our race consciousness. And many of us experience growing up um, with the Bible as part of our household. I did not. I had to go seek it as a child, which I did, but my family was not churched. If we were Catholic, the rituals and practices of the Catholic Church might have taken the place of Bible reading for us. Either way, many of us were taught sort of a literal interpretation of sacred scriptures from the Hebrew and Christian traditions. Many of us were given those interpretations. That would have included maybe something like heaven and hell, a jealous God that brought his wrath down on his people as punishment, or a loving God that openly rewarded his people when they were good. In other words, we made God in our own image and likeness. We made God something in the clouds, probably came to us from prior religions, 
God somewhere up there in the clouds, behaving very much like an emotionally immature human being. <laughs> That's, that was the version of God I got as a kid. Instead of the other way around. Okay? So it's no wonder that we might decide that this has nothing for us and out the window it goes. If you're sitting here, at some point, even if you were raised with that, at, at some point it probably no longer worked for you. At least that interpretation no longer worked for you. Is that true? Yes. Yeah. Likely, huh? So the natural thing for some people is to turn 180 degrees, walk the other way, and look for something completely different. Because we are spiritual beings. There is a divine impulse that is pushing us to know something greater than ourselves. Whatever we want to call that is our own relationship to it. But it's there. We can't deny it. But it's less painful, right, to just leave all that wounding behind and just go the other way. Does it seem less painful to you? Doesn't it seem easier than the process of studying, reinterpreting, healing the woundedness, and then coming to understanding? It, it seems like a lot less work, doesn't it? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I teach from the perspective that it's actually healthier to stay within the framework of what lies at the heart of the country's race consciousness. To stay somehow involved in studying and reinterpreting that than to do the work of reconstructing ourselves in a completely different path. Again, it's yours to do with as you choose. We don't... Yeah, that it's actually a healthier thing to do to stay within the framework of this country's race consciousness, predominant race consciousness, to learn to reinterpret it to re-understand it in ways that do serve you and lift you and work for you, then to start all over again and try to work counter to what race consciousness in the West holds by approaching a, an entirely different tradition that's not part of your heritage. Now, you may agree with that or disagree, and either way is fine. We're all free to have our own beliefs here, and you know that. So, But that's, that's what I teach from. <clears throat> I'm not proposing that we reject any other practices. We don't reject anybody's traditions. We respect one another's traditions here. We are an interfaith community, so we're people of many faiths that come together with the agreement that there's something bigger going on here, and we can all call it what we choose to. Just proposing that we don't reject out of mind without some soul-searching. So we don't take a misunderstanding of what we think we know and then reject that. Instead, we come to know it more deeply and then make an informed decision. I do a lot of revisiting of Christian terminology here and the traditions because the teachings of Jesus love everybody. That's where I'm grounded. So I can't help but bring that in. But I also acknowledge that those same teachings of love are present in Buddhism and Hinduism and paganism and probably every ism that, that looks to the divine. 
I just have to use the language. I try to stretch and bring in other languages as well, but I find myself coming back to that language. So, are you ready to go on a, a journey of reinterpretation with me this morning? Because we're approaching Easter, and we all celebrate it in one way or another, or look to it, or at least notice that it's happening every year. And there are stories attached to this celebration that I think we can benefit from. So from past experience, what do we know about the season of Lent? Anybody here grow up with Lent? Okay. One, two, three, four. Okay. You had to give something up. That's you have to talking. give something up. Yep. <laughs> okay. Usually it was chocolate, wine, or I won't go see a movie. <laughs> <or whatever. laughs> Got to give up my chocolate, my wine. You could do for a little bit of time that you go right back to when you were done. Okay, so you're going to give up something that you won't do for a little while and you go right back to it when you're done. Might be going to movies. Ellie, you know Ellie here, she was a little girl, very Catholic household. And uh, I can speak this because she shared it with a room full the other day. She said, do you remember the, the show called Hazel? Anybody that's <laughs> yep. my age or older? She gave up Hazel for 40 days. She didn't watch Hazel. She went to her room when <laughs> Hazel was on. So we have some really interesting concepts about, you know, what Lent is about, okay? We're told that the season of Lent is a time of repentance. We already visited that word. So no wonder we run the other way, right? But I want you to remember something. Anytime you're triggered by anything, a word or anything, in that place, you are not free. Anytime you're triggered by anything, you are not free. So, if you find yourself triggering off and around all kinds of whatever things, maybe those are the things to be looking at in order to work your way to a greater freedom in this life. So, repentance. Anybody in this room triggered by that word? When I first said it, did anybody go, oh, jeez, here she goes. <laughs> no? Yay. Yay. Huh? Go ahead. Probably secretly the whole entire room. <laughs> I would have been perfectly fine if every hand went up. Would have been fine. Yes? Trigger. Well, I feel like, I don't know what, I feel like I am just in a state of, and maybe I'm, Okay, so thank you for that question. What do we mean by repent? What does the word mean? Turn the other way. Turn the other way. Think again. Think again. Change your mind. That's what it means. Okay, because I think it like, oh, like a more... Right. Oh my God, get on my knees. I'm so sorry. Yes. Yes. Go ahead. So, I would say that when a man, however you're raised, where I was raised, mm -hmm. repent meant not only did you do something wrong that right. you needed to beg forgiveness for, mm -hmm. but that it was because you are inherently sinful and you will keep on sinning and you need to be forgiven and the guilt and the blah, 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 blah. Yep. That's what <laughs> repent comes up when I hear that word. I go, why should I sin as 
not a thing. Right. I make mistakes. I change my behavior, notice my mistake, and do right. something different. But I do not have to grovel on my knees and beg for anyone to make me worthy. Yay! Yay! Yes, absolutely. And I think many people were raised with that. So what does sin mean? You're throwing around another one of those trigger words for some people. Missed the mark. Missed the target. Okay, missed the mark. Missed the target. It's an archery term. Oops, I sinned. I missed the center. That's it. That's what it means. It was adopted to mean, you know, I'm evil from birth and there's nothing I can do ever, no matter what I do in my life, to raise myself to something beyond a sinful being. My choices are wrong. So many people were raised in that type of Christianity. That is not the only flavor of Christianity out there. Do you know there's over 33,000 denominations mm -hmm. and different ways at this time, the latest research says, of practicing Christianity. And yet we want to say, oh, those Christians. Just like could we say, oh, those pagans as one group, or, yeah, see, hey, hey, or, hey, those Buddhists, you know, it's, we're individuals, we all have our own individual interpretations, so the word re, in repent, I did some, you know, I like to look up words, I'm geek that way, the re means turning back, or turning against, okay, the pent refers to being confined. So we're turning away from confinement, literally speaking, from the Latin. We could say that to repent means to not be confined by past thoughts or experiences or actions. To think again, to change a heart or a mind or a behavior. So from here forward, when somebody says to you, it's a time of repentance or repent, you could just go to change of heart. I mean, we all do things. I, I'll speak for me. I've done things I wish I hadn't done. And I've been served by apologizing for things. Doesn't mean I have to grovel on my knees. But, you know, we all make mistakes. It's part of being human. So there's an author named Alan Jones, and he has a book called Passion for Pilgrimage. And it's talking about the, the great passion story of Easter as it's linked to pilgrimage. He says, Lent begins with a call to repentance. The way out of illusion and into the place of newness and healing is through a change of heart, a willingness to slough off old habits. He goes on to say that repentance in today's terms requires three commandments. The first, to rigorous honesty, that is to hope for nothing less than the truth. The second is to honor our passion for connection by celebrating the solidarity of all human beings. The third is to search for a common language so that we can talk to each other. That's what repentance means to him, to this author. And in his words, we're to tell the truth we're to love each other and we're to form a commonwealth, all of which require a common language. This is our agenda during this Easter season. One author's perspective. So it feels and sounds to me like this is what we do here, right? 
Aren't we learning to, to change our perspectives according to new information, new experiences, new relationships, deeper study, practice, whatever we choose as our path. This is one benefit of reinterpreting and coming to a shared understanding about the parts of our spiritual background that might have left us wounded. It doesn't, it doesn't serve us to just stay in the woundedness. Yes, ma'am. Are you saying that we should practice repentance year round and not just? <laughs> <laughs> I think we should repent all year long. <laughs> in our new definition, in the truth. <laughs> you don't have to give up wine. I promise. <laughs> so we can use this season, if we choose to, every year, to um, as a time of healing and to bring us out of chaos, to bring our lives out of chaos and into balance, for asking hard questions and facing hard choices. We, can, we could decide that seasonally this is a time that we approach this part of our lives. We can use it for reflection, for questioning the stories we tell about ourselves, questioning the stories we tell about others. So are there any stories that you're telling yourself about you that could use some rewriting. Anybody feel like you want to share one? This is the confessional now. <laughs> <laughs> We're doing confession today. Repentance and confession. Here we are. Mother, forgive me, I have sinned. <laughs> okay, I have one. How about not good enough? No matter what I do, not good enough. Do more. Anybody else share that story? Mm -hmm. It's a common one in our culture. Any others out there? I have a lot of time-related things. Ah, time. Schedules, <laughs> calendars. Okay. <clears throat> so belief about ourselves in relation to time and how we function in, in clock time, right? We're talking clock time. Yeah. And I just met you story in my life because she hasn't seen me unless she's seen my wife many times uh -huh. because I'm always working. Right. story in my life is my story. I uh -huh. <laughs> taught myself after I stayed. There you go. I'm still working on that. Story of my life. I'm always working. I never have time for fun. That's another one that I work with. Mm. Yeah. Anybody have uh, anything around money? Mm. Abundance? Maybe just a little. Maybe just a little. Yeah. It's okay. We all have stories about ourselves. And we're all limited if those are limiting stories. Are there stories that we're telling ourselves as a society, about our society, or about the world that could use rewriting? <laughs> <laughs> That's all that needs to be said. <laughs> the whole political scene is just so filled with contempt right now. Okay. It's, it's, you know, and that's not, those aren't the people I see on the street and mm. in the stores. Right. That's, what is that? So we have, whatever our beliefs are, we have a lot of stories around our political body mm. and political. Stories, stories about the other. Stories yeah. about the other. What kinds of others do we experience in our yeah. 
culture. Them. Those people. Anybody that's not like me, right? It's them. They're different somehow. And wrong. And wrong. Most definitely. Somehow lesser than, not as intelligent, or not as uh, less common sense, or not as worthy. We have a lot of stories that we tell each other and, and ourselves about everything. A couple months ago, we spent a month reflecting and talking about sacred time. Anybody remember Kairos, or that sense of timelessness, sacred time? as compared to clock time, which is, we have, I know of others who have clock time stories. It doesn't serve us. But we looked at how we can use the cycles of nature in our lives to ground us in um, something bigger than ourselves. Does anybody remember that whole month? Or was I alone in that journey? <laughs> I enjoyed it. So I'd like to suggest that we can also use our common language and our common stories of some of these holy days to find meaning in our lives and to make connections with one another. And I believe that the Easter story, or the Great Passion, as it's known in Christian tradition, is one such story that we could put to use. The rhythm of birth and life and death and resurrection, rebirth, of fasting and feasting, they correspond to the cycles of nature. We can see them directly unfolding in the cycles of nature. And we're part of nature, right? We're integrated. We're an integral part of nature. We're not above it. We're not smarter than it. And we forget that sometimes. So this powerful story can touch something deep within us if we let it. During the story of his baptism, Jesus hears these words, You are my beloved child in whom I am well pleased. Mm. What if we spent some time with that every day? As part of the Easter story on the first Sunday of Lent, which would be today, after fasting in the desert for 40 days, a number that indicates spiritual completion in many traditions, or the completion of the process or a cycle. Jesus faced his temptations. Anybody remember the story? Know the story? What were the temptations? Power. Okay. Tempted by power. Hunger. We know lots about Easter bunnies and eggs. We don't, we don't even, you know, the curiosity about what this is about, this whole celebration, this whole cycle. He was tempted to jump off the cliff and have a show of faith. Okay, so a test of faith. Are you faithful? So, also he wanted him to who he was through his actions. Okay. You know, have the, come bring you bread. <coughs> if you are the Son of God, jump off and you're, the angels will catch you, right? Like, right. come on, prove who you are. Come on, use your, use your power. Like, right. You know, that kind, of, that kind of deal. So he's being asked to prove his power through action. 
whether it's turning the rocks into bread to feed himself, to, uh, to give in to his appetites, maybe, too. Forty days without food in the story, you know. Giving in to the appetites, to give in to your human willfulness, to satisfy your own hunger, to see yourself capable of meeting your own needs without any higher power. Thank you very much. So all these things can be written into this. They're all talking about physical, psychological, emotional, or spiritual ways of being that disconnect from spirit. Show me that you of yourself can do all of this. Okay. So the material power we talked about to think that we control our physical lives. Anybody? here think that you absolutely control your physical life at all times and every moment? We have this illusion sometimes, but we don't. I gave that up. <laughs> gave up that illusion for what? <laughs> so the temptation to need to prove or guarantee before making the leap. All these are temptations we all face, right? Temptations of our faith. Temptations that the material world is all there is and that we can meet our needs by our own actions without the interaction with anything bigger than us. We all face these things. So how could we use this story each year to encourage our spiritual growth? Come on, you guys, you're quiet today. Okay. Which was the truth. All right. And there was there was something that God had said about that mm -hmm. um, that was counter to what we were being asked to do. Okay. There was that you know, um, that it was it wasn't necessary to tempt him. Right. That was the and that uh, that the truth was that God would provide for him. Things like that. So okay. countering those lies that we are telling ourselves with, with what the truth is. Okay, so, so when those stories that are going around and around and around in our heads about any of those things we talked about, countering those with the truth of what we know, countering those with the faith in what we know to be true, that's a practice we could do as a celebration of Easter or it's a practice we could do every day of our lives. So I'm going to invite you, even though we haven't had a lot of conversation today, I, I kind of suspected that if I went this direction, we might have a quiet, quieter day. <laughs> but you know what? I was reading something this week that said that we've had a couple different experiences of religion, most of us. We've had either a religion that wants to tell us this is what it means, this is what you need to believe, this is how it is, and it's been wrapped in the things we've talked about, you know, the not enough, the, the, the you're a sinner, the, the hell, the damnation, the, all of that, all the duality. Or we've been involved maybe in a tradition that this author called milk toast. Know what I mean by that? No matter what's going on in the world, no matter what's going on in my life, 
no matter how many negative feelings I might be having or things I'm grappling with, it's all good. It's all good. So there's a place for taking your thinking and elevating it to what you want to see in your life. There is absolutely a place for that. But there's also a place for looking at the places that we're uncomfortable with and that we might not want to look at and looking at how we can grow through those places. And if anybody in here has ever taken a class from me, you know where I fall in that scale. I really ask people to stretch. And so whatever you take from today, a little bit, a lot, nothing, whatever, changes your life. I just invite you to be open to really listening and taking in what comes, you know, if you show up here, be open, take it in, see what happens. I did have a feeling we'd be quiet. So I'm going to take us into a final quiet, a contemplation today to close up our time together. So I invite you to take a deep breath in. And if you're comfortable closing your eyes, you might want to settle into your chair and allow these final questions to lead you inward instead of outward. And know that you can take them with you this week for further reflection if you choose. I've actually printed them out on the ledge up there. So we're going to begin with this question. What are the temptations that challenge me? Where do I give in to temptations? One more question here. Where does my willfulness get in the way of my relationships or my own happiness? Where does my willfulness get in the way of my relationships or my own happiness? encouraging you to take these with you today and give them more time, but for right now, the next question is, where am I placing my faith in less than supportive people, ideas, or stories? Where am I placing my faith in less than supportive people, ideas, and stories?
of going a little deeper. What if I am really a beloved child of God, born of the one source? What are the consequences for my life if this is true? What if I am really a beloved child of God, born of the one source? What does this mean for my life? Can I live into that calling? Am I willing to step up to become the beloved child of God, born of the one source? Can I live into that? And when I live into that calling, what aspects of my present life would have to die? If I am to be perfect like my divine parent, I must give up dividing and preferring, identifying with some and excluding others. How am I doing with that? Can I hear the divine voice speaking directly in me? You are my beloved child in whom I am well pleased. Can I accept it? Can I receive it, step into it? Can I allow that much goodness, that much transformation to move through my life? like to begin our closing prayer today with a reminder that your answers are all within you. Saint Isaac of Nineveh in the seventh century advised us of this. He said, make peace with yourself and heaven and earth make peace with you. Take pains to enter your own innermost chamber and you will see the chamber of heaven for they are one and the same. And in entering one, you behold them both. The stairway to the kingdom is within you, secret in your soul. Cast off the burden of sin, 
of past error and mistaken understanding, and you will find within you the upward path that will make your ascent possible. So right here and now I know that the living universal presence is with us always, living life in, through, and as each one of us. In, through, and as all of creation. Nothing left out. Together as spiritual family, we hold this season of Lent as a healing time, a time for reconciliation with ourselves and with one another, a time of letting go of what no longer serves our journey, a time of feasting on what nourishes us and grows us in the direction of new life and new beginnings. We make this journey of transformation supported by one another and by our willingness to do the work, to follow the internal call, to be led by a deeper wisdom, and to step into the part of beloved child of God. Here and now we step into it. Beloved child of God. I'm grateful for our time here together. Thank you, Spirit, for the love and support of spiritual family and for the many, many blessings of this and every day. Releasing this prayer now in deep faith that you are ever-present and always listening and that heartfelt prayer is always answered I trust and know that it is already unfolding in your divine order and timing. A new life is already unfolding for each one listening and for our world as a healthy and whole global community. One step at a time. And so in deep faith, I let it be. And so it is. Amen. Welcome back. I do have um, those questions printed out on the ledge there, so if you'd like to take them with you for reflection this week, feel free to grab one. We also have our, on the other side of the step, if you haven't already gotten one, if you're new, we have a little bulletin every month that comes out, so those are on the step also. Feel free to take one if you want. And... We have some little cards that say come as you are that have all of our service information and stuff on it. So if you have anyone you think might enjoy what we're doing here, feel free to take these and pass them out. Hand them out if you want. So every Sunday we invite you to join in the celebration of the work that we're doing by offering of your financial support to further uh, our growth and development. So we're going to go ahead and give some time to that right now. And if you're at home, you can go to mysticheart.org to find a donate button or a mailing address. We also have a gracious giving program. If anyone's interested in making a monthly commitment of any size, helps us to project ahead for our growth. We are actually starting to really seriously look for other space at this time. So that's going to take a, you know, a commitment to some growth. 
But as we move into this time of giving, we have some uh, affirmation that if you feel so moved, you can speak with us to bless this offering. As I awaken to the God within me and all around me, I see abundance everywhere I look. I consciously step into that flow of abundance by this act of giving. I offer this gift freely in the spirit of love, blessing and sending it forth to heal and prosper. It is evidence of my deep faith. It does good work in the world and blesses all of creation. I give from a consciousness of abundance. So it is. Amen. So in honoring the Easter season and the Master Teacher Yeshua, enjoy our music for today's offering.
lot of sound out of that piano. <laughs> All right. So we take this moment. <laughs> take this moment to receive these gifts with tremendous gratitude, knowing that they come from the one source, but they come through each individual hand, each person generously offering their support of Mystic Heart and the work that we do in the world. So I give thanks to Spirit, I give thanks to each one here, and our pledge is to use these gifts wisely and where they can do the most good. And so it is. All right. And we've got stuff going on. And it starts over here. Okay. Uh, we're, we're shaking up the, uh, okay, uh, Tuesdays. Uh, yeah, uh, Michael, Michael Bordeaux leads the uh, Mystic Heart uh, Book Club, and we're reading Lunch with Buddha, and it's an absolutely delightful book. If you didn't start it with us, you can, you're still welcome to pop in, because each chapter is just chock full of fun and nuggets of wisdom. That's Tuesdays from 3 to 5. And we're shaking up the way we're doing, uh, offering the yoga. Caballo uh, will be offering um, functional movement and yoga on a kind of a subscription basis. So, uh, it's just a monthly pay ahead. Yeah. We have to be able to pay her. And we haven't had yeah. steady commitment. Yeah. So, so we're looking for four to five people committed before she can, you know, show up. So that's um, so fifty-five to seventy-five dollars for five classes um, this March. month. Yeah, uh, it'll go down a little bit. What forty to sixty or something for next yeah. for next month? So uh, fast track to wellness from twelve thirty. Oh, that's eleven to twelve fifteen, as you see on it. Uh, fast track to wellness with Reverend Diana meets on Thursdays from twelve thirty to two thirty, and we're looking at the yoga of eating and the. Uh, Miracle of Fasting by uh, Paul Bragg. Uh, it's kind of a dated book, but it's still got a lot of good stuff in it. And then that's followed by Metaphysical Bible Study uh, from 3 to 5. And uh, we really do a lot of uh, fun deep diving into, we're wrapping up the Old Testament, we're about, about ready to get into the New Testament. We find fun things like in, in nowhere in the Bible does it say anything about going to heaven or hell after you die. So um, that's just something people made up long after the time of Jesus. So, food for thought. Come on Thursdays for more information. Uh, join Reverend Diana for the Shasta College Basic Gardening Workshop Number 1. That's this Saturday from 10 to noon at the Shasta College Farm. Uh, there'll be a short seed starting gathering at noon uh, offered by the Garden Starts Co-op. So if you want to meet here at the at the gathering place at 9.30, then we can carpool up to the college for uh, for the workshop, and the cost paid to Shasta College is $5. So. Or do you have to register ahead of time? No, no it's, it's oh, just okay. just yeah. show up and There's show up. A, and a flyer, yep. on, again, on the ledge. I see the one you sent out. Yeah. Yeah. Reason we're doing it this way is because Reverend Diana wants to be free to not set up and clean up. She wants to play with you all. So. <laughs> <laughs> we're doing it this way for now. 
and there'll be another one in April as well. So um, if you have been thinking about helping out with the Junior Mystics program, think no more. Just talk to talk to Tracy. Sign up today. We have uh, no sign-ups after the first week in March right now. Yeah. And, you know, if, if you get into it and find out that that's not for you, that's that's fine. You're, you're not signing up for a life sentence of, uh, <laughs> uh, of kinder funds. So, um, anyway, talk talk to Tracy. She takes care of all the lesson planning and all that stuff. Uh, a week from Wednesday, March 15th, Sherry Barrett will be offering our sound bath meditation uh, from 6.30 to 7.30, and that's going to be in, in Sweet Eye because we need the room. Uh, and that's a, uh, a terrific uh, experience. If you have not heard the singing bowls, each one of the bowls is, uh, what, how do the frequencies are aligned to the, to the seven chakras. And one's the uh, one's aligned to the planet Earth, so, um, and it it does move things around in you. Um, Saturday, March 18th, uh, our second annual spring tea and uh, gift basket raffle. Uh, there are a couple of gift baskets on the fireplace over there. If you want to, uh, 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 and one back here. They're, they're they're all over the place. So. So check them out. Uh, you can see which ones you might want to uh, might want to bid on. We uh, still have tickets left for the tea. Um, we need to uh, we need to know by two weeks from today so that they can buy food. We need to know who's who's attending. So uh, you've got till uh, March 12th to uh, to buy your tickets, but you can buy your raffle tickets right up to the uh, to the drawing time. So. Um, so check out the baskets. Uh, one of those has something you really want, I'm sure. Um, and then our second annual spring retreat at, at Corn Ranch. This time it's a family retreat. Tracy's going to be doing a kids program. And there's the cost up there. You can uh, put a deposit down and pay a little bit at a time. Can I talk just a second on this? Because I have new development. This just in. Just This just in. We had reserved places for 30 people half the camp. We are at 30 people right now. We have the option of adding another house. So I need to know if there are those not signed up who want to join us for this retreat, I'm going to need to know in the next couple of weeks so that I can reach out to the owners and add another house on to our rental. So it's totally uh, optional. So we have room to expand, is what I'm saying. We're full with what we rented. Yay. It's yeah. amazing. Yeah. And um, so it's a great experience. There will be a kid program this year. So far, we have one little kiddo coming. I don't know for sure about the rest, but um, Tracy and Sydney and Andrew, her son, will also be there with the kids. Uh, not the whole day, but uh, a, lot of, a lot of the time. Okay, so just need to know from you. If you're not on the list and you're wanting to add, or if you know someone who does, we need to know that. Thank and they, you. And they don't rent the half of the uh, uh, the, other the half of the facility yeah, that the that we're not in. They don't they don't rent that when we're there. So, um, but if, but if we're going to expand into another house, we need to let her know as soon as possible. All right, that about does it for invitations. Um, we have uh, prayer request cards if you'd like to. Get the practitioner team and the uh, wisdom council uh, 
praying on your behalf. Those uh, are actually on this table today. We oh, have they're on baskets. this table today. Do we have baskets. <laughs> okay, that must be those must be the information ones. If yeah. you're not on our email list, uh, fill out an information packet next to the uh, card. It's not gaily card. decorated. <laughs> what? It's not a packet. It's just a card. <laughs> <laughs> no, it just sounded big. So fill out the information packet. Well. <laughs> oh yeah. Envelopes. <laughs> Sorry. And your information is is you know hermetically sealed. It never never leaves Mystic. Never leaves here. No, we don't we don't share your mail or any of that stuff with anybody else. It's just so we can let you know what's going on, whether I know what's going on or not. If you would like it, <laughs> if you would like an in-person uh, uh, prayer session uh, with me, I'm available after the after the service too. So, that said, let's sing a song and go have lunch. Sounds good. All right. On this nice drizzly day, we have hot soup and sandwich makings and a salad, most of which came from our garden. And we have our birthday cake, which is a pumpkin <laughs> carrot cake. And pumpkin. Pumpkin, With whole wheat, brownies. organic sugar, cream cheese and yogurt based icing. <laughs> We're weird. Let's go. Better sing, I'm getting hungry. <laughs>